You can hear Above 180 on Stitcher Smart Radio. Stitcher allows you to listen to your favorite shows directly from your iPhone, Android phone, Kindle Fire, and beyond, on demand and on the go. Don't have Stitcher? Download it for free at Stitcher.com or in the app stores. Stitcher Smart Radio, the smarter way to listen to radio. Now is the time to reinforce your bowling arsenal, and BowlerX.com is the online leader in price, service, and selection. With free insured shipping on every item we carry, including a complete line of pro shop supplies, as well as balls, bags, shoes, accessories, and more. Also check out the large selection of closeout and discontinued items at a fraction of their original cost. BowlerX.com, your online bowling superstore and proud sponsor of Above180.com. BowlerX.com, your online bowling equipment superstore, presents the Above180.com podcast. Tim Berg and Joey Serrar are ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews, coaching, to drilling layouts, and the stars of the PBA. Now, from Washington, D.C., and the Bowler's Pro Shop in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, here are your hosts, Tim Berg and Joey Serrar. Joining us now on the Above180.com podcast is Andrew Kane. Andrew is the president of the USBC. Andrew, thanks for joining us today. Oh, thanks for uh, thanks for inviting me. Appreciate it. Well, Andrew, uh, really glad to be here. Thank you. What I, what I did is I opened up to our, our Facebook fans a, a question. I said we're going to ask Andrew. We're having Andrew on tonight. I'd love to have you guys uh, help me out with a question. So one, and it was actually a really good question, was um, since becoming president, what do you think you've done to help? better the sport of bowling what do i think i've done well you know what i don't ever like to use the word i because i think that's really one of the the things that uh that we've struggled with in our sport is that we've been very divided um in in our approach to to bowling um you know we're all we're a very small community we're all very passionate about it bowlers there's no question that bowlers care about other bowlers um and you know really really worked hard to try to bring some of the integers in our industry together. Um, and, and like I said, I, I, I certainly can't, I, I don't take any credit for that on my own because it's a combination of, um, you know, a, a lot of people having an initiative and the willpower um, and, and the faith really to, to get into some of the particulars to try to, you know, not dwell on things that have happened in the past and really realize that we're all in this together if we want bowling to have a, a future and, and moreover a successful future. We know there's been division in our, in our sport for, for decades. I mean, and it's, you know, sad to see, obviously. What can we do to, I mean, Tim and I are, are trying to do our part with our podcast to, to bring all these different integers of, of the game together. And, you know, I mean, they're all good people. They're all good-hearted people. They all have a common goal yet th- there still seems to be some defragmentation in how to get things done or how to work together. I mean, is it USBC's responsibility to, to, to start a blueprint of how it should be done, or, or are there too many factors involved? Well, I think there's a couple different questions there. Uh, you know, it, it's definitely everybody's responsibility. Uh, USBC, we, we certainly can take the lead where appropriate, uh, but I think first and foremost, where where uh, we've struggled in the past is that we really need to take responsibility for 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 the game and the sport. Um, you know, I like to refer to it as a sport, as I think most of us do, because we truly believe that that that's what it is. And, and some people play it. You know, whether you play it recreationally, competitively. Um, you know, I've played it near the elite level my entire life, but 
uh, even to the most recreationally minded person, I, I think it is a sport. But I think that spreading that consistent message uh, that bowling is a wonderful game and it's a wonderful sport and, you know, everything about it is beautiful. You know, it's, uh, I, I know that sounds very artistic, but, and, uh, you know, very out in left field, but, but it really is, it's a wonderful sport and we all love it. And, and there's just, uh, there's nothing negative about it. There really shouldn't be any negativity. You know, some of that societal, I don't want to provide any commentary on society, but if you look at um, you look at other sports, you look at other things that are going on in our country every day, you pull up the website, you pull up CNN, you know, there's division everywhere. I think sometimes we become so insular in bowling and we think that what happens to us is just exclusive to our industry and that, um, you know, we're unique in the problems that we have and we're unique in the successes that we have. But uh, if you just look out at the world around you and the industry around us and we realize that, you know, there isn't any need for this division and negativity and these, these self-imposed, I like to call them self-imposed barriers because that's really what they are. Uh, you know, the, the past is the past. Uh, we can't change it. We can only learn from it. Uh, and we all have to have an eye to the future. And I mean, really look to the future, what we want uh, bowling to be 10 years from now, five years from now, or, or even 20 years from now. Again, joining us on the Above180.com podcast, USBC President Andrew Kane. And Andrew, one of the things that really frustrates me as a bowler is I'll go out and practice, and you'll go in on a, on a Saturday or on a Friday or any, even after school some days, after work, and you'll see lots of people practicing. You'll see just families out, kids out, moms out, dads out, uh, everyone, young and old, out practicing. But the minute you mention a league and getting these, these people signed up in a league, it's almost like they run towards the exit and turn tail. We need to change that in our sport. We need to get people that are already in a bowling center. They're coming into open play maybe two or three times a month. We need to get them signed up in a league and get them liking and bowling more often because I think there's a lot of people that are bowling, but we just need to get them bowling more often. Right. And, and you know what? That's, I'll tell you, up to, to, pick, to pick up on what you just said, that's the key. It's a numbers game. We need more people and we need them, more, we need them bowling more often. Uh, you know, you can look at it any number of ways. And, and you know, I, I hate drawing attention to our membership numbers because I think that we, as USBC, and, and we say we, you know, really the entire industry, but but as far as USBC is concerned, it, you know, people detract for, to, uh, from us because of our membership numbers. But, but you know, you, you look at the number of bowling centers that are closing. Um, you, you look at people that are losing their jobs in this country. You know, the decline is not completely inconsistent with anything else that's going on this, in this country. And, you know, there's a lot of societal changes. Our organization has struggled to, to, to change and to adapt. Um, and, and in ways that we have, we haven't done so quickly enough. But, you know, going back to what you said about that, uh, about that top ten list, What's really interesting is that, you know, we've got a whole wide range of perspectives. Uh, we've got new blood, we've got history, but we've got to figure out a way to take advantage of all those different perspectives and put them together and find some common denominators and figure out how we can make this thing work. Because bowling is popular. And, you know, people that say bowling has a negative edge, you know, when I hear that, I think it's strange. Because there are people bowling, there are people having fun at Bowling's used, you know, used the running joke you guys know, obviously Kingpin, you know, we, we can <laughs> agree or disagree whether Kingpin was good for our sport, but you see bowling in sitcoms and commercials, it's everywhere, and it's a positive image everywhere. You know, Andrew, I've long felt 
USBC, you know, is is our governing body without question. Yet they seem to be, in my opinion, unjustly criticized for the membership number drop. Thinking, you know, it's it's all your responsibility, and and I think you, you hit the nail on the head in that it's everyone's responsibility. And there's so many more activities and things to do in this day and age that wasn't, you know, even in the picture 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago when our numbers were so much higher. Mm-hmm. Bowling is an interesting, uh, it's an interesting thing. I, I guess, you know, I, I wasn't alive 40, 50 years ago when, uh, you know, when, when bowling might have been in its heyday and, and membership numbers were off the charts, but but people back then thought differently. They they wanted to join. It was simply about being about belonging and being a part of something. Um, and the communities of today are just vastly different. You know, you, you guys mentioned Facebook earlier. You mentioned, uh, you know, you look at the the forums that are online, and and even for all the negativity sometimes that flows around in those, it, that's the community of today. Um, and it's it's really just it's fascinating to me. Um, how people come together, and, and perhaps we haven't done a very good job of taking advantage of that. And, and uh, you know, unjust criticism, yeah, maybe in some ways, uh, but I think we do have a responsibility first and foremost to, to the rules and to the integrity of the game. There's there's no question about that. Um, and any of the criticisms leveled towards that, uh, you know, I think we do a I think we do a great job. I think we can always do better. Uh, but as far as membership goes, you know, we're we're trying to do everything we can. Uh, I don't like to say to turn it around, but, but to take advantage of all those people out there that are bowling and try to introduce them uh, to the sport at the same, at the same level and with the same passion and the same fervor that, that, that all of us have and, and want them to be a part of our association for those reasons. Well, and, and Andrew, you bring up a very good point of, of working together and working all as one key unity because ultimately, uh, like you said earlier, we're all in this together. Uh, you know, me and Joe started this uh, over two years ago because we, we want to see bowling succeed and we want to help bowlers get better because then everyone has fun and more people join the sport because then you tell your friends you're having fun and your friends see that off of, they feed off of you having fun and it just, it, it, you know, just works on and on and on. Um, one of the things though is, you know, working together with people now has, um, have the USBC or has, has there been any discussion as far as, you know, we've had Lenny on our show from, you know, Phantom Radio and us and we have a great relationship with Lenny and we have a great relationship with Mike Flanagan and the inside bowling folks, you know, is there a way kind of has, has USBC considered doing something to help some of the, the, the grassroots sort of sort of folks like us, or thought of a way to to incorporate everyone into a, a you know a big tent mentality sort of thing. Sure. Well, there's nothing that's you know there's certainly nothing that's off limits. Um, you know, we started a little bit more big scale. Obviously, we we share a building um, in Arlington with the BPAA uh, and and with with Strike Ten with the Hall of Fame, and you know that's where we've really started to to make some inroads. Um, in terms of unity, because the, the proprietors really, they, they control the playing field. They control, um, you know, without them, there is no bowling. You know, we, we, we could all go, you know, out and, and lawn bowl and, and, and uh, you know, the carpets and the, and the kits for the kids are wonderful, but, but I, I think we enjoy our modern bowling centers and our air conditioning and, and all the, uh, the creature comforts that they provide and allow us to play our game. Um, so it's really, I, I think as a first step, it really is crucial that, we're able to be on the same page with, with uh, the BPAA and with all of the proprietors because without, without them, 
um, without being able um, to create buy-in on both sides, it's really difficult to make any of this happen. And that includes all of the grassroots organizations. I, I Like I said, I don't think anything's off limits or, or, or out of the conversation. We just have to try to find ways that, that make it work and, and, uh, and make it work for a lot of people and, and we can get some traction. But uh, it's, it's certainly on the table. Well, Andrew, I, I guess I have another uh, a kind of a question regarding uh, the association that the USBC and the BPAA have with each other because um, myself and Joe and, and you two being an elite bowler, we like bowling on sport conditions. Uh, we don't like going in and, and shooting 750 every night. That gets boring, and, and it cheapens our sport in, in all honesty too when, when you have that much of an area to hit and you don't have to be as accurate and so on. Um, but there's a, a real fine line that the bowling centers have to walk between keeping their customers happy and then also putting out a, a shot that keeps the folks like us happy. Um, is there anything that's being done? You know, one of the things that I had always thought, and maybe it just, you know, financially, uh, just it's, it's too tough to do because people, you know, it's a tight, everything is tight and margins are tight. And I understand that side of things, economic side, mm -hmm. but is there any way to, to maybe to throw some incentives at these centers that do put out sport, you know, sport compliant conditions, uh, or at least try to do, uh, you know, sport leagues and such to get more interest in those. And and I know there's a real big push in that, you know, probably about five, ten years ago in the sport leagues and the, you know, even the PBA Experience leagues and and uh, and so on. But has there been any thought to to what can be done to to increase sport bowling? Well, you know, we're we're slowly starting to take a look at sport bowling right now because. Uh, you know, I think sport bowling suffered from a, a little bit of an, uh, an identity crisis or, or an image problem um, not long after its inception. I, I, I vaguely remember uh, when it first started, uh, what was it now, about 10, 11 years ago, and it was a wonderful concept. But, you know, if you think about it, uh, perhaps even, even calling it sport bowling is, is in ways redundant. And, you know, I think there needs to be a consistent way to brand And I think that you saw... Uh, it, it, when we went away from, from having PBA experience leagues and we moved briefly to Team USA experience leagues, we saw a drop-off uh, in, in sport bowling membership. So very clearly the, the PBA uh, experience and the PBA brand is, is still very, very powerful and resonates with consumers. And I think that's definitely um, the relationship we need to maintain. And that's certainly where, uh, if you want high-level bowling, uh, and elite bowling and sport bowling to succeed, uh, the PBA needs to be successful, uh, and, and we need to be in support of that as much as possible because it is definitely something that still creates, it, it's still our, 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 you know, our best-known consumer brand to the, to the general public, and it's something that uh, can drive demand uh, in the bowling centers just, just by virtue of, of advertising alone. Uh, but we have to create that connection. You know, Jeff Reese and I spoke uh, early on when, uh, soon after I was elected and soon after he came into the PBA, and you know, we, we, we talked about ways that, uh, that we could create that connection. We, we all agree that the, that the, uh, the PBA is clearly the, uh, the inspirational, aspirational component of our sport, uh, and it's really the only broad-based uh, marketing effort that we have in our industry. It, it's still on TV and it's on ESPN and occasionally on, on the network and, and it's, uh, it appeals to everybody, but we've got to figure out a way to connect it to the average bowler and to get them interested uh, in that level of play if we want that segment to grow. You know, Andrew, being involved with, you know, a pro shop for just over 40 years, you know, we've seen bowling prosper from the rubber years to plastic to urethane now to reactive resin. And, and I, I've seen 
two distinct groups of bowlers that come through the doors. You know, there's the recreational bowlers that buy a ball to, to go a few times a year or even once every couple of weeks or once a month. And, and they don't really want to get better. They don't really want coaching. They want to have fun, have some beers, have some pizzas. And then there's others that realize, boy, this game is fun, and it's more fun when I start throwing more strikes and when I improve. And I think those are the type of bowlers that will morph from a recreational bowler into more of a league bowler, which eventually will consider the sport of bowling more a sport than those that consider a recreation only. That's the type of player that is the core of bowling and has been for decades. Now, how do we retain those bowlers and how do we allow recreational bowlers to, you know, let's say morph into a more serious type player remains a question that I don't have the answer to. And, and I don't know if you do, but uh, I think that's what kind of plagues our, our game right now. Well, I think I think some of the ways you address that, and, and you know, it's not. Uh, I know it's going to sound very simplistic, but but clearly, coaching is a very large component of retention there. Because you know, I, I'm I'm starting to learn how to play golf, and let me tell you, I'm not one of those bowlers that my skill level of bowling translates directly to golf because I am horrible. Um, I am right there with and, you. And I, and and you know I I you know I I employ the foot wedge occasionally or where more than occasionally and take my share, fair share of mulligans, but I, I got to tell you I, I really just want to learn how to play the game, uh, but but that involves you know having coaching and having teaching available to me. Uh, that all starts uh, you know you know how we get our other other folks in our, our community to go bowling. You know you ask your friends. Well, you know seeking out. Uh, you know, a bronze or a silver or a gold level coach right off the bat can be pretty intimidating. I don't think very many people are going to walk into a center and say, hey, you know, let, let me track down the, the, the highest level of certification or the top PGA pro. I'm not going to go to Butch Harmon and try to get a lesson. Um, you know, being on the Haiti project might be kind of fun, but, uh, you know, I seek out a person that I can trust, whether it be a friend or a teammate that, that got me into it or, or my local pro shop owner that, that is uh, somebody that, that, clearly has a, a handle on the game and understands the game at a level that, that they're going to help me and I won't feel intimidated. And I think that's really the, uh, the, the starting point for where you, you start to develop folks that maybe see it as a recreation and get them into bowling as a sport. Now, the proprietor has a really big, um, has a really big part, and they play a really big role in that um, in terms of how you get people into leagues. Now, we go into how you define league bowling, which that's changed tremendously over the last 20, 30 years. Uh, what a league bowler is and what a league is, but uh, a proprietor has a lot of interest in retaining a customer if they feel like they can put them into the proper product. You know, you wouldn't take your brand new recreational bowler and throw them into a sport league with a bunch of uh, a bunch of us elite players. That wouldn't work very well, and it wouldn't go very far. Uh, so, you know, the proprietor uh, and the coaching component can work hand in hand in getting people um, at, at the appropriate level into the appropriate uh, learning phase and, and into the track to become uh, a more dedicated lifetime bowler. Thank you for joining us tonight, and uh, we're going to have to have you again soon. I said us three, me, you, and Joe could probably sit around and chat all night over bowling, but we're going to have to leave it at that for, for the time being tonight. No, no, I appreciate it. Well, you guys have been wonderful. I, I, I know I can go on and on about this stuff forever, but, uh, you know, it's it's a lot of fun, and I'm, I'm passionate about it, and uh Really excited to, to be able to help out. And, and Andrew, I'd like to make a comment. Uh, just from listening to you these last 15 minutes or so, 
Uh, I am proud to be a USBC member, and I think the USBC is, is being run now by a forward-thinking young man. And again, I think they made the right decision putting you in charge, and hopefully we can get things done together here.